Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of STEM Speaks with your host, Camille Stewart. I have a special surprise for you all. I have two guests this week, Newton Campbell and Tammy Ashraf. They both work on NASA issues, and I'm going to let them tell you a little bit about themselves. Okay, I guess I guess I'll get started. Hi, Please Camille. Do. Thank you very much for having me on today. This is Newton Campbell. Um, I work for for a large contractor in the DC area. It's called SAIC. Many many people have heard of it, I'm sure. Um, we I, I'm a solutions architect for AI and machine learning for them. So that means I go around to a bunch of different projects across the government, helping do do to do consulting um, to help people execute AI and machine learning algorithms on their projects to address whatever problems they're having. And I mostly focus in the NASA space. Prior to going prior, prior to coming to SAIC, I was doing a lot of work with uh, the NASA Space Network, um, as well as investigating physical simulation for astrophysics and how I can combine AI and machine learning with 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 those physical simulations. So. And Tammy? Okay, that's great. Um, so yeah, I currently I'm a data engineer at NASA, and I work on Earth observing satellite data processing. Mm. Um, yep, and it's a fantastic, very fun job working with massive amounts of data. Um, the theme of my career has always been working with data in different capacities, rather that be front end from the user's perspective or the back end um, from you know maintaining the systems and the code in the back end. Um, and uh, prior to that, um, I was doing hydrology research um, in applied sciences um, at NASA, and that was a very fun project. I've also worked in um, aviation, working on code for airplanes. Cool. Um, what else have I done? Yeah, done some very cool projects. Um, you know, using very cool um, computer supercomputers um, to to crunch some big numbers and analyze uh, aerospace data. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Awesome. So the reason I have both of you guys here is because you're both looking at issues related to space from different vantage points. Tammy has a background in mathematics and Newton is a computer scientist, a doctor of computer science. <laughs> um, so if you both could give us a little bit of background about your particular vantage point and you know a particular interest Tammy is most people when talking about STEM education ignore math they completely ignore the M and so please talk to us about getting into math and then that path and then and then Newton please give us your background. Um, sh sure so um, when, when I started school I, I did not start school knowing that I wanted to be a math major I kind of was the typical confused college student kind of figuring my way out through college you know what am I going to do with my life and what am I going to study and so I think throughout the process it ki I kind of evolved into you know going from computer systems and IT and then finally um, one day my advisor pulled me into their room and said you know Tammy you're taking a lot of math electives what's going on because you really don't have to take all these electives and I said well I really like taking these classes they're fun she says well you're taking beyond your elective requirement so you might as well get a math degree awesome. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of what happened and so I ended up um, getting another degree in mathematics and so 
Um, you know, and most people around me didn't understand what to what I would do with that or what to do with me with that degree. And so, you know, most people would assume, oh, well, what are you going to do with a math degree? That's kind of like irrelevant, you know, be a math professor, be a math teacher. (laughs) I I was told, you know, just be a math teacher. What else could you do with that? And I said, no, there are a lot of applications for math. And I got to work on fantastic research projects in mathematics. And, and that's what led me to my career path at NASA, which was awesome. And and I've got to work in so many different industries from aviation to, to big data, to earth sciences and GIS, and I could go on and on. And all of that was because of that fundamental mathematical background that I had. So um, it's very applicable in so many different fields. It's the root of many sciences. So it's been fantastic. It's been a great journey so far. Don't ignore math, kids. Don't ignore (laughs) math. Um, so yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you say that that it's the root of all sciences, Tammy, because that is to some extent how how I view computer science and just most of the other sciences that I have to sort of integrate with um, in in general. So a lot of my work is combining, like I said, AI and machine learning with other sciences like physics, or I've, in some cases I've done biology or chemistry and a lot of that is done just by looking at things from a very mathematical perspective um when i was younger i was always i i i I had an affinity for math i won't say i was always good at math but i really i really enjoyed math and as i got older and and into high school i noted that i would that that i was pretty decent at computer science as well, which, come to find out, is really effectively just another form of applied mathematics. Yeah, it's a natural link. Yeah, yeah. So it's a a natural link. Um, I focused heavily in college on the more mathematical side of computer science, dealing with complexity theory, and then obviously diving into machine learning and AI before it was cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And really really honing in on some of the the more mathy side of computer science, even my, like you said, my, I, I have a doctorate and most of my doctoral work was focused in the applied mathematics realm in the graph theory space and dealing with discrete structures and, and the like so i i really enjoy and appreciate math and when i and when i look at most problems even though most people see me as a computer scientist and a technologist and 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 they think of the hard concrete technologies behind things when i look when i'm looking at problems when i'm looking at problems for nasa or dod or any of those groups i'm looking at them to see how I can generalize something into some sort of mathematical framework and look at it from a math perspective and attempt to solve the problem there because that's how you generate a more robust solution, something that that is more provable and that will last longer. So that's a great point. I think people assume that when you approach the sciences, especially tech, AI, machine learning, you're only looking at it as a quote-unquote computer scientist but not realizing that that is that math is integral to being an effective computer scientist. And I mean, even outside of that, right, like math teaches you a logical way of thinking. It is so important to education in general, which is why it should, you know, not be ignored. Um, So I'd love for you to expand on AI before it was cool, right? (laughs) What? (laughs) How did you find your way there? Um, If somebody is interested in that area, what are the things that they should be looking at, the things they should be studying, so, so it, just in terms of talking about AI before it was cool, um, you know, I, I definitely looked at um, some of some of the technologies that were in a bit more of a nascent state back in 2005, 2006. The government, schools, b- businesses, they were very, they, they were very much in a in a 
phase where they were collecting data. They started they started they started going about gathering all of this data. On the NASA side, we were gathering Earth sciences data and and physics data from places like Mars, so on and so forth. Um, on the DoD side, even we were collecting data, as you all know, with. Thing, groups like the NSA, and that's as far as I'm going to go about that. <laughs> um, you know, we we were in a, we were very much in a in a mode where we were collecting all this data, but no one had any idea what to do with it. And between it, really in the time that I was in school, 2006 to do to 2016, that's when we as a country really started figuring out what to do with it. And I and I kind of got roped into uh, roped into a lot of that. I was doing work with DOD. I was doing some work with NASA and NSF and things like that. And very much being on the cutting edge of looking at starting to look at neural networks, starting to look at, uh, you know, support vector machines, not to dive too into the weeds here, but looking into nascent AI capabilities that had been defined in the 80s and 90s and, and taking them to a place where we could realistically have scientists and engineers start to use these capabilities to actually learn about the data that we were collecting and find insights within that data. Awesome. Um, you know, to really expand on the math point mm -hmm. and it being <laughs> the underpinning of the work that you're doing, because that was very clear from your de your um, description of kind of pulling together all those data points, but also the kind of hidden figures aspect of things, <laughs> right? So, you know, we all, well, hopefully we all saw Hidden Figures. If you didn't see it, I'm going to need you to go <laughs> and watch Hidden Figures. Yes. But it was our first, for many of us, peek into just how important math is in space, right? In space travel, in the work that we're doing in the sciences, Etc. And we have our very own hidden figure sitting right here, Tammy. <laughs> right? She is crunching those numbers in the background. Um, but you also have a hidden figure story. So one, tell us about, you know, some of the work that you're doing in a little bit more depth. And then also talk to us about your hidden figure story. Okay. So which one do I tell first? The story or? Okay. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's so it's interesting for me. I think my, my journey in math and um, being as a um, woman in mathematics, you know, we're, I kind of feel like we're unicorns. Mm -hmm. We're very rare Definitely. creatures. And, um, you know, there are so few of us. And so it was it was a very challenging journey for me, just trying to understand my career path and what am, what am I going to do with these skills and how do I fit into other fields of work like engineering or the sciences. And so um, throughout throughout that journey and just trying to identify who I am and what am I going to do with these with these skills that I've acquired, I think um, it, it's been a process along the way. And I got to say, um, a, a few years ago when, you know, um, you know, Katherine Johnson was um, awarded a pre presidential uh, Medal of Freedom and she started becoming very popular and everyone started knowing who she was and her name. And, and then the movie was released shortly after. So I actually had the honor of uh, meeting her a few years ago. Um, there was a naming ceremony. They named a computational facility after her in Hampton, Virginia. Awesome. And so I had the honor of being there. And I, at the moment I saw her in the back of the room, I ran all the way up there. <laughs> and I just, I just, just shook her hand, shook her hand. And, and I said, I just got to tell you, I just got my degree in math. I was like, I need to tell you this. You know, I felt like I had to tell her that. And she's like, wow fantastic you can do so much with that I said really she says yes you have a lot of options she says I wish you the best of luck 
in everything that you do, and I hope that you go far with that. And what a great degree to get. And then, and then she started staring at me, right? She's staring at me a little bit, and I kind of wondered. I said, "Is there something wrong, Catherine?" She goes, "No, I'm just looking at your hair. I really like it." Even <laughs> better. <laughs> she says, "Your hair's so red." I said, "Oh, well, thank you. Is it okay?" She says, "No, I like it." <laughs> that's, that's a great story. A, that's my funny story with Catherine Johnson. So I got it. I, I have to say, she just she and it was a time in my life where I was questioning a lot of things. With my degree, I had just gotten my degree, and I'm just trying to understand where am I going, and that's when I said, I'm going to do this. If this lady can do it back in a time of segregation and all of the challenges that she had, I have no excuse. I can do it. And so I've just been pushing myself forward every day, and it's been it's been an amazing journey. It's been fantastic. So it's wonderful. Representation matters. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. to know that there are women and women of color and people of color in the sciences, in mathematics, in STEM in general. Um, so exposure to that is really important. So I know that both of you do work with that, right? With exposing underrepresented populations and, and demographics and minority populations to STEM education. So can you talk about both of your initiatives in that space? Uh, so yeah, I so since I'd finished um, my my PhD work, one of the things that I've been doing is going around to a number of DC pu- DC public schools as well as Baltimore public schools, and really my focus has been getting scientists in front, scientists and engineers in front of students, giving them that exposure. One of the things that I think is hard for a lot of, for for a lot of kids is to envision what being a scientist or an engineer actually is. Yeah. There's so many kids who walk out of their math classes wondering why they're learning what they're learning, which should never be the case, mm-hmm. right? So getting people, so so getting scientists and engineers as involved as possible within, at least at a local level, there are, there are tons of science and engineering organizations here as well as other cities across the United States. And one of the things that I'd like to focus on um, going forward is just figuring out how to get more and more scientists and engineers to do a day or two at a school, um, whether or not that's a few times a semester, a few times a year, so on and so forth. So that's something I've just kind of been casually doing as as I've been as as I finished my PhD and 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 I've been going on about my career. Another thing that I've been doing is getting involved with local organizations. So you guys were talking about getting girls involved in STEM. I've been involved with uh, the Girl Scouts of Central Maryland, mm-hmm. working with them. Uh, I I. Through my mentor, I met uh, their CEO, Violet Violet Apple, and I've been working with their organization to get girls more involved in uh, things like you know hackathons and awesome. host, hosting workshops and. Once again, getting more scientists and engineers involved. So as soon as I as soon as I met Violet, the, the CEO of, of the Girls House of Central Maryland, um, I immediately ran to you know a number of female engineers within <laughs> within my own organization at the time, BBN, and and you know I said, hey, I, w- I really want you guys to get involved with this because yes. I don't want just you know, a man going up in front of a classroom full of girls saying, you guys can be scientists too. You know, I don't want to be that person. Right. right? I mean, that so, part's important yeah. too, but it's also great that you were pulling people with you. Yeah. I think it's really important. And, that, and that's kind of, that's kind of been my big thing overall is getting more scientists and engineers because there's 
there's so many there's so many scientists and engineers who would love to get involved. They just typically lack a platform for doing it or yeah. some some sort of mechanism for doing. It. There's always there seems to be a giant hump for for scientists and engineers to actually go on and you know go into a classroom. It it, it just requires a lot. It requires coming up with lessons and things like that. Where in my case, I basically created a set of templates for my old organization That's for them to idea. to actually use for STEM classes. So that if any scientist or engineer actually wanted to go and host an Android workshop or host an iPhone workshop or host a math workshop, uh, they could easily just go to a local school and, and do that kind and of thing. leverage your materials. I think yeah. that's a really important point, right? Like, even in your advocacy, you're making room for other people to kind of pick that up and run with it so you're not the only person doing it. Getting other people engaged, sometimes they just need the door cracked open. Right. And there are so many opportunities for all of us to make impacts in someone's life just by being there. So I'm really excited about the work that you're doing. And Tammy, I know you're doing some cool work, too. Yeah. So um, I, I think um, going back to the engagement of our youth um, in STEM and especially um, you know, engaging more young girls and, and women in STEM careers, I mean, currently there's statistics. There was a research report published by the American Associ- Association of University Women that shows that um, there's been a decline back in 1990. The percentage of women in computing was about 35, 36 percent, and it went down in 2013 to 25 percent. So it's it's declining. There's women dropping out of the field, That's and terrible. so we have a lot of work to do. There's we a have, lot of work. We have a do. lot of work to do, um, and so. Um, we need role models. It starts with role models. There are a lot of other factors that influence why that's happening. And so I, I definitely recommend go and check out their website and check out the report. It's a very interesting report about that. But um, it's it's the role models. They need to see role models, women they can relate to, to talk mm-hmm. to them and say, look, here's, I'm I'm a female just like you. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm, an, I'm an engineer. And this is what I do. And so, um, go, you know, going back to, you know, the engagement work, um, so definitely for several years, I've been working in inner city school districts and um, working with at-risk youth and particularly the uh, middle school, high school, teenage um, group and working with minority girls and, um, you know, getting sponsorship to conferences so they can go and oh, learn wonderful. more about yeah, STEM careers. And there's a, there's a very popular conference that's held annually nationwide called Tech Savvy. Mm-hmm. And they have them in different states. And I'm sure you've heard of Tech Savvy. So that that actually was started out in Western New York. So I was part of that original team. Oh, wow. Before Great. it got. Yep. Yep. And the founder of that um that 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 whole program was expanded. So that's that's an amazing program, and so now it's now it's everywhere. Okay. Um, and so it shouldn't just be local to one region. Now it's happening everywhere. It's happening annually. And I gotta say, the girls that I worked with, um, you know, talking to them before, just simple questions like, "So what do you want to be when you grow up?" And these are girls I would talk to, in, in from coming from inner city neighborhoods, and they, um, I don't know, like I don't know, what can what can I be? I don't know what my options are. Yes. Maybe a hairdresser? Exposure matters, or, right? Like if yeah, you don't yeah. know what's in they the realm know. of the possible. They don't you, know. I mean, you how can you conceive it if you don't know. know? They don't know. It's it's unbelievable. And then and then just talking to them after the conference and it's like, wow, I got to see the scientist and I got to see this like, you know, cryospheric whatever demonstration and I got <laughs> to see this and that and I wanna be that, you know, I wanna be a forensic scientist. Like they they'll say really cool things <laughs> afterwards, you know. 
you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's that engagement, hands-on activities, and just I've been doing a lot of that work um, there and working with Girl Scouts, like, you know, Newton said. And even with Girl Scouts, it's interesting. Um, recently, just a few months back, I worked with a Girl Scout troop and uh, various age ranges, um, but they were all young. Um, up to somewhere between middle school, high school age. And they, they said, um, you know, I was just asking, so anyone here like math? Anyone here know what they want to be when they grow up? And they're, they're still questioning a lot of things, you know. But surprisingly, many of those girls raise their hands and say, yeah, I do like math. I said, well, yeah, let's think about <laughs> think that. Think of it as a career Let's option. talk about that. I got a degree in math, and here's what I'm doing now with that. Just so you know, this is an option for yeah. you, you know, and I think it's just having those conversations. They need more exposure to that and more conversations. They need a lot of they need they need mentors and role models. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting just doing a lot of outreach work. I'm just out there and talking to a lot Good. of girls. Keep yeah. talking. Yeah. To the, I mean, <laughs> right. let's let's be honest, though. Right. Yeah. Not only do the kids need ex- access mm-hmm. and exposure, but sometimes the adults do. too. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on especially around tech, but the sciences mm-hmm. in general, that if people had more of an understanding of how it was impacting their lives or had the potential to impact their lives, mm-hmm. they would take different actions. They would demand a different societal course, right? I do a lot of work in that in the policy space about, you know, how privacy and convenience and security and convenience, but we can't pick a direction because people don't understand. And exposure early is one avenue to course correct, right? Like the work that you both are doing through Girl Scouts and otherwise, but also educating adults. And Newton, you're doing that in a really cool way through your podcast, Ad Astra. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So uh, Ad Astra is a podcast uh, that that we started, uh, myself and uh, one of the head volunteers of the, of the D.C. Contingent of the Planetary Society. We started it about a year ago. And basically, we wanted to just give the public a purview on space that they really hadn't had before in terms of space policy and technology. A friend of mine, Jack Corrali, who has his master's in space policy, and I host a bi weekly show where we get together. Um, he talks about the latest news in space policy, and I ask him questions. And, the whole, and, and then I talk about the latest news in space technology. He asks me questions, and the whole idea of the show is that through those questions through through that news we open up an audience who's unfamiliar with both of those subject matters um to those subject matters so yeah it's been it's been a really great it's been a great year hosting that show we're still we're still going strong about 55 episodes in yeah it's super cool um and yeah we've we've definitely made strides throughout the dc area and we've had we've had on some great guests um folks from the planetary society we recently had a congressional candidate on um and we yeah, we just work uh, we we do a ton of work with the DC, the overall DC community groups like Explore Mars and other space groups that are that are within the DC community that most folks have never heard about and we also give them exposure as well. Yeah, because so. you have live events as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's really cool. So I mean as much as I work in <laughs> tech, I don't know a lot about space, right? I know GPS and a few other things, but like space is not my area. And I've learned so much listening to the podcast. Well, we're going to get a lot of questions, especially given the announcement today about, or, or uh, over the last couple of days about the Space Force. Oh, yes. We're not going to dive into that. An entire episode We've actually been talking about that for a number of episodes. This has been a growing Oh my gosh. Issue. So if you want to hear me yell about that, yeah, go to Ad Astro. That will be both funny (laughs) and informative. So I encourage you guys to listen to that. I encourage you guys to get involved in 
different organizations in your community like Girl Scouts and otherwise, if you are interested in STEM and tech, if you are interested in really anything, communicate that to the communities around you, right? Like share your knowledge, find ways to get involved, ways to inspire other communities like these two amazing scientists I have in front of me. Thank you both so much for joining me. Can you guys give our listeners an opportunity to connect with you after this, follow your work? So whether it's giving them information about your podcast or or social media links. Sure. Um, yeah, you can follow you can follow me. I tweet. Uh, I generally tweet about science and random political things at, at Newton H twenty. Um, or you can follow our podcast at at Ad Astra Podcast. And I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. Yep. <laughs> and follow it on iTunes and all that. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm a super connector on LinkedIn. So yeah, <laughs> you can find me there. Um, if any of you guys are photography hobbyists, I love doing astrophotography on the side. It's one of my astronomy nerd hobbies and terrestrial photography so yeah find me on instagram at tamster photo t-a-m-s-t-e-r photo you can follow my work and i'll follow your work back too cool and what a fun way to apply your professional life to your personal life so thank you both for joining us this week and thank you all for listening to this week's episode of stem speaks thank you for tuning in to the workforce show This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.